develop your mind to learn to learn things and mm-hmm. and and learn things from people who are actually adding um, but not from billionaires or celebrities This is episode 2 of the Trailblazers podcast with Mina Kim of House of Fermentation. We are Charlotte and Matthijs, two passionate purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Each week we interview an inspiring purpose-driven entrepreneur or leader. We dive deep into the highs and lows of their journey and share their most valuable lessons with you in this podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to our next episode of our Trailblazers podcast. We are very happy to and super excited to introduce Mina Kim to you. Welcome, Mina. Hi. <laughs> it's super awesome to have you here. And thank you very much uh, for your time. Of course. Um, so a little bit of a background story here. Uh, Mina and I met uh, two years ago. Uh, it was during an event for entrepreneurs. And back then we were both just starting uh, to shape our ideas into reality. <laughs> and uh, here she is. From producing your very authentic kimchi from your tiny kitchen uh, at home, you now have your own shop with professional ki- uh, kitchen, yeah. and you just finished your first successful Kickstarter project. Uh, and what a rise it has been! What a ride it has been in between. So uh, let's dive in. Mina, can you tell us a little uh, about yourself and um, what the House of Fermentation is? Um, so yeah, my name is Mina Kim. Uh, I'm the founder of the Table for Kimchi. That was the the very first company that I started with, and then now it's a house of fermentation. And I was born and raised in Korea my whole life, pretty much. And then about three years ago, I moved to Amsterdam. But before then, I was in Berlin for a little bit. But I moved to Amsterdam and. Um, just experiencing all the international lifestyle in Amsterdam, which really, really attracted me. Then I realized that uh, how Korean food is still very unknown in such an international city that I sort of started to think about, okay, I could actually tell a little bit of better story here. And and then finally it hit me with um, the food waste issues and the sustainability that, okay, this is, direction it's it's a finally a calling for me that I had to go about it at it and yeah as Charlotte briefly mentioned that um I signed up for KVK number and then I began looking for sort of commercial <laughs> or production kitchen in and around Amsterdam and then I found this um lovely location in Zandam so <laughs> I was biking to Zandam to make... Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, the first goal was to make the, the very big uh, 50 jar, and each jar would be 1.8 kilogram back then. So I was making yeah. a total of that uh, times 50. And uh, I was all alone in the kitchen. And uh, it was in a beautiful location, but it was also very, um, in a way unequipped uh, in terms of heating in the kitchen or um, how to move things around in the kitchen was a little bit of old school so I was physically I was very cold and I was physically 
trying to set up and move uh, heavy loads of vegetables by myself and <laughs> uh, had a lot of struggle. And yeah, so there was the, the, the beginning. Uh, I'm sure we will get into the details of uh, other stages that I've been through. Um, and all of that in the beginning, I, I also had an idea that, you know, I want to introduce sort of like reintroduce kimchi, but it's kimchi is a side dish and that I already realized that I will have to actually um, teach people that how to eat kimchi, but how do Koreans actually really enjoy it? And yeah. we use that to make another dish with it, or we just add it to another dish to eat it. And so eventually that I didn't want to be like a kimchi single product and just mm -hmm. take it home and do whatever you like. I wanted people to actually learn, you know, then it's a Korean table meal like what is it actually yeah. and so that's the name that came together to say like okay even though it's long and a little bit uh, busy together but I do want to say the table for kimchi and that we also give workshops and yeah. I will participate in a podcast like this to also share a little bit more story sort of like creating a room for kimchi but also my company would grow into it with that name and yeah. then, yeah, um, as I was getting to the point that I will someday find a perfect location to bring all of this together, and then it'll be a home, and then it'll be finally a house, and that I will call it then house of something, and yeah, mm. so brilliant. Yeah, last year July, I found this place and with giant garden in the back, and I. I was just ready to launch everything and started house of fermentation and yeah, yeah so that's uh, that's where I am now <laughs> mm. um, for um, for those listeners who don't really know Korean food can you tell us a bit more about what kimchi is so um, I will tell you from the perspective where Within this two years, I was giving a lot of workshops and I was explaining a lot of uh, aspects of it. And I did my own research to compare, is it really that similar to sauerkraut? Or is it that is that really similar to sort of uh, Polish? Uh, there's a bit of a fermentation as well. There are a lot of fermentation aspects in every country where they needed to preserve vegetables. Um, and... In the two years, I realized that how unique kimchi is and why the way Koreans make it is so different um, is because, so the fermentation is about really harnessing microorganisms and let the nature and the time to transform that you know, combination of whatever the ingredients you put together. Um, that they will transform it and very slowly, of course. Um, and, and that kind of comes together as preservation of the vegetables, um, but also a just beautiful, delicious food. And then it's just so healthy. Um, in that, Korean kimchi is the only fermentation food that is allowed to continue for years and years and years to come. So that's the only uh, thing that I, I had to sort of claim that, yeah, the kimchi is Korean food. 
and we make mm-hmm. it the right way. And there's a recipe that the people should learn is that it just doesn't go bad. It's just continue on fermenting. And in that process, the microorganisms are really sort of going through these ingredients and they release um, any vitamins or minerals or enzymes that these beautiful vegetables already sort of hold on to it and it's kind of released into that kimchi item. And when we consume it, then our body is actually able to take them in better. And then on top of it is kind of what everyone knows that um, the microorganisms also sort of create gut bacteria that helps you digest food better. Mm. Um, They produce antioxidant that improves your immune system. Um, Probiotics to just overall how your body functions. Um, But because there's uh, minerals and sort of uh, the protein agents that takes in so many ingredients so well that um, that sort of also helps the detox of the body and all of it. But in the end, yeah, uh, uh, bring it back to the Korean kimchi, why it became so popular or why is it now such a healthy food to for everyone to have is that, yeah, it's just years, years, years on that could continue and you can just keep it in your refrigerator and you don't have to worry about going it bad and do I have to throw it away? And it's like, mm-hmm. please don't. And so that's it's only getting better, like all cheese. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a commercialized someday. It doesn't get bad. It only gets yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. And then um, um, you already told uh, us a little bit about um, your um uh, house of fermentation and uh, the shop you are just uh, you just opened during Corona time, which is very 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 strong of you, yeah. um, <laughs> because who who's able to do that? Only people with a lot of power, like like um, uh, a lot of uh, um, power in the form of knowing what their what their goal is. Like you, I, you have a very strong purpose of what you want. You have a very str- um, clear goal for yourself. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the journey you had to uh, overcome uh, in getting here, getting to be o- be able to open the shop, and what 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 the shop is going to be? Because it's going to be beautiful. Uh, you had your uh, Kickstarter project, which is going to help you to transform your garden in the city center of Amsterdam into this beautiful, beautiful. Um, place where you have your authentic pulse but i'm already talking too much (laughs) so can you tell us a little more about that yeah that's that's a very big question and yeah charlotte knows what i've been through in the past two years and a half and i don't think this podcast will be uh long enough to (laughs) (laughs) but i i was joking and it's probably very korean way of uh joking about it because it's going to sound very harsh but I, I like the first production and you know I, I briefly said that I was biking there um, the thing is I didn't know how to ride bicycle actually I am I'm I'm, I'm 41 years old and I had a very traumatizing childhood with my I have three older brothers so everything was always sort of like they they threw me in the deep end of the pool of everything they were doing it. So I had a bit of a, a fear of uh, driving or bicycle or scooters. And so 
yeah, like there were there were a few times that I decided to learn to ride bicycle because I realized that I will have to deliver this kimchi to homes myself because um, not only is it um, not safe for kimchi to be delivered uh, in two, three days in a warehouse and then uh, people don't understand how, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a living microorganism that's constantly fermenting. So there's a mm-hmm. bit of a gas and then, you know, the depends on the temperature changes, it could also change the, um, you know, the integrity of the, the kimchi. So I realized that I will do it and it'll cut down on, you know, carbon footprints and it'll be completely, really, really sustainable and zero waste. But by doing that, I was really risking my life so many times. And uh, biking to, to Zandam was a 50-minute uh, ride. And I had actually started with a very small bicycle myself. It was longer. Mm. Um, just just physically, I was challenging myself a lot. And it, it was I, I was really telling myself, I think what Charlotte was telling me that I, yeah, I was very driven that sort of, I, I didn't see there's, there, there's, there isn't any other option there. I, I cannot think about easy solution. I just have to do it. And I have to prove that I can do it. Then you just continue on. And then I was also hoping that uh, some people will come around in the right places to help me here and there. Um, so that was it. And, and then um, after I was sort of doing that uh, with that production kitchen that was just so far away. And I was kind of getting to the point also that, you know, I, I, I should really think about the next step. I, I you know, physically, I am like really hitting the wall every time. And people uh, uh, who were around me helping me out also, they were worried for me, but also they were kind of getting a little bit tired. I was like, you really got to bring this together now. And, so I, I wasn't looking at, oh, COVID. Um, yeah, some businesses were, you know, going out um, and as well, this is my opportunity. It, it really wasn't that, but it was more that I was actually really getting to the point that I have to start thinking about the next phase instead of keep postponing it. Uh, just one more production, just one more production. And then... Um, there was a little bit of a change in my personal life as well. The timing just kind of came, came together and I just mm. started looking and I, I, I sort of like looked at a lot of, um, of course, the, the, the restaurant spaces and um, whether the interior was beautiful or not, whether the kitchen was big enough for workshop or not. Um, in the end, I realized that this idea of house of fermentation wouldn't be represented right if the place didn't have the back garden that where I could show people what the Korean clay pots can do and how it is so connected to sustainable life as well. And that if I'm not showing what it means that the the zero waste was and why am I risking my life just delivering everything and... um, yeah, there, there has to be the garden that actually not only will people grow vegetables, will people bring in their food waste and then that actually, you know, how you can um, turn it into compost and then put it in the garden. And then just next to that, there's a Korean clay pot that is 
you know, harnessing that microorganisms to ferment and transforming these vegetables and kimchi. And, and so I just kind of, I think it was, there was a time where three weeks I was just visiting all the restaurant spaces. And then I realized that I can't take any of these places because it just doesn't represent the message and what I've been doing for two years. And then I just came to this uh, place and it just had giant garden in the back. And, and I actually, my, my other friend, she can testify that she, she saw me that evening and she said that I, I looked like I saw a ghost and she, and she said, what's wrong? And I was like, I think I found the dream location. And she was like, but why do you look so, um, uh, stunned or like shocked yeah like not not mm. so excited but um was uh yeah because it was just so abandoned and the garden was like big massive yeah. horrible, horrible. <laughs> and but it was it was just abandoned for i think more than three years and people who were living here um sort of um illegally almost were just throwing all their garbages in the in the garden so I just sort of, how am I going to deal with this? And is the landlord also legitimate? Or like, is there going to be a lot of um, under the table that I have to sort of now convince these people that, you know, I'm going, I'm about to do something that's amazing for the community. And, you know, it's, it's not just going to be about the business itself, but, you know, there's a lot and I will need some sort of, you know, mutual understanding in that and a bit of support, not like financially, but it was a support in that sense that, oh, we can um, open doors to you to, you know, introduce you to maybe construction worker or something like this. And yeah, I I could see that that these are not the people who will support me or uh, uh, connect me into the right direction. So yeah, so I had to... It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, you saw, you saw the like. It's it's like a rough diamond. You you saw its potential, and you were able to look through all shit <laughs> in in every level. You were able to just see through. Yeah, go for the diamonds and shape it, and and now you made it. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's getting even more beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really inside out indoor space. You saw it briefly, um, just like plants everywhere, and then. Garden now, um, I'm receiving the soil this weekend to then fill up the garden beds. And we will, I also was given so many different seeds. So we will plant them this weekend. So, wow. so that's coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have another volunteer who volunteered to design and build a chicken coop um, in the next two weeks. And mm-hmm. So that's coming. Um, yeah, a lot of those are in the, in the progress, yeah. How would you describe your purpose and why you are doing this? Um, I think it's a it, it has something to do with my own identity. Um, and I don't want to sound um, patronizing or condescending in a way that I need to teach these people. Um, but it was, I had my own story to share with the world and in a way, it kind of connects me to why I left Korea anyway, also. So in a, um, back in Korea, I, you know, I was coming from very underprivileged, financially, uh, very challenged family. And I was the youngest daughter of 
you know, three older brothers as well. And a lot of times it's that, you know, what I know, what I want to say wasn't really considered important for my whole life. And I think in the later years in my career as well that I became a um, corporate trainer and I was dealing with a lot of um, senior uh, construction engineers to deal with. And yet I still felt like I wasn't doing more with myself than what I could actually give back and what I could actually share and what do I really want to share. I actually was really getting to the point that I am not myself anymore in Korea because there are so many boxes for what the woman should be. And then there's the boxes for women of my age, what, where should I be? And in, even in the workplace, I am training the people. And yet at the end of the session, you know, I'm just another woman that I should be delicate and quiet and submissive and smiley and all of this. And and I realized that if I don't really put myself out in the world um, to navigate through it, then I, I, I will never find out. So that was the reason I wanted to move to, you know, uh, uh, another country. And I, I was very wanted to be in diverse international city. And they got me to Amsterdam. And, you know, personally, in a way that this kimchi is my calling, wasn't that it was more oh this is finally a medium for me that I can share my family story right um you know it, it's not mm -hmm. that oh I'm just a girl from poor family no it's actually because I grew up that way that there are so many also messages that I learned and there's so many stories that I could share and so Gimchi in a way that's a great medium that you know how I could remember now that, you know, my mom was trying to drag me into the kitchen so many times. Every day, you're the youngest daughter. You need to feed your brother when they're older. And or when I'm like, when my mom said, like, when I'm older, I cannot cook anymore. That you have to be the one. And I just fought her so much. And like, it was just a horrendous <laughs> childhood. But at the same time, now, because of what I started, it, it this all became such a unique but also beautiful story and that represents sort of um, Korean family as it is um, instead of what people could see in, you know, K-drama that is just so dramatized and, the, you know, <laughs> telenova style mm. and that, that, that is actually more realistic and authentic and that yeah. because of my upbringing that I understand the sustainability solution a little bit differently. I look mm -hmm. more towards in the past and the history that I believe the messages or solutions were already there um, that I don't want to really look at technology and you know what's on the horizon that I should know, but I can look back and say, you know what, my grandma already did that. You know what, my mom already did that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so these are sort of, my personal drive and that yeah. in that sense when I was saying earlier that there's no turning back I just have to keep going and keep going it's yeah I'm, I'm the only person who can do it now um, and and then also give workshop the way that people say oh that's Mina's workshop yeah. and that's different and that is all yeah. authentic that's all like jammed and you know so um, yeah I think that's basically when I say like, that's why I'm doing it. 
I I also feel that I cannot turn mm. back. I cannot change、uh, the road anymore. So, yeah,、right. happily. Yeah. And I, you also don't want to, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. you're on this great journey. Yeah,、now. it's um. I I hope someday I can have like sit down with my mom and just tell her because like for her like she she doesn't understand how much I talk about her actually. <laughs> so、uh, yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. You you don't explain that to her、uh, at this moment.、Um, not extensively. Not、um, I I I show her like she she's such a country lady that she doesn't know how、yeah. to answer smartphone just yet. If I'm calling、yeah. her like a video call, and so、yeah. that that's how、um, you know not ignorant, but it's just in a way that she, also she's getting older. Of course, she's she's more. About being in the nature, and she、yeah. <laughs> cultivates her own farms on the side of the roads, and、um, yeah. that she doesn't understand, you know, building a business through work. Yeah, what it's yeah. about and how it. How yeah, it that、works. that oh, like these people, they want to learn from you, <laughs> kind of <laughs> <laughs> like these things, and it's yeah.、Um, yeah I, I have to really like see her, and then I will tell her, and then I can scroll through the pictures to show her, and、yeah. then she will be、uh, very, very happy and in the sense of like, oh,、Super、proud of、friend. her. And, yeah,、uh, but right now it's just、yeah. for her that、like, she's still screwed. It's a little bit meaningless.、So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and 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 how is it? Because I find that very fascinating. You have a very um. Uh-huh. You've been raised with a, a certain way of、uh, thinking. Your mother has her own way of thinking, and you have a very strong and different way of how you look to the world and how you see yourself and what role you want to、um, have for,、uh, give yourself. So, how 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 do you think that shaped you? How did you?、Um, how are you able to?、Um, uh, Create your own way of thinking because, yeah. How do I see this, say this?、Uh, because when、um, uh, Korea has a very, it has a beautiful、um, culture,、um, but like you already mentioned, um, uh, you didn't、uh, felt you belong in all the all, all these cultural、um, expectations of of people towards one another. So how were you able to choose for yourself and? Say to yourself, "Okay, I, I understand this. I can see this is beautiful, and this is um, um, how the culture wants us to see it. But I don't choose for it. How I think it's very strong to be able to choose for yourself, go to a total different country. Um, how did you、uh, get to this mind switch? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not a mind switch. <laughs> doesn't sure. I know you train. Yeah, it. it's um." It, it it you know, I think it's a really important question for me personally. And I, yeah, once again, you know, when I give workshops or when people ask me, but why seventeen ingredients in your kimchi? Like, why do you not look for? There's a cheaper solution. There's a cheaper way of making kimchi, and why not? And you know, in terms of running my business, where I should be really Sales focused, and you know, you know, double the revenue, and why not choosing that path? And you know, I think that's that's what Charlotte sees, and、uh, 
you know, times we talk about things or catching up on things, um, it, it pops up and it once again brings um, the arrow back to my family. Um, you know, growing up with three older brothers, um, growing up with the mother, she herself is very stubborn, but she hated that I was very stubborn. <laughs> So uh, there's there's a lot of um, the idea of you know you have you have, um, a very toxic idea that you know when when someone's sticking out of in the group then you have to nail that person down or I think every country has a different expression for it you have to break the person uh, to fit in and yes in Korea that that mentality is so strong and and it's one of the reasons why we have such a high you know level of suicides and and people feeling on a personal level, just unhappy and, and you know, that, that you feel trapped uh, in that sense. And, you know, all that, all that fighting and all that, um, you know, setting me in the corner and people lecturing me to how I should be um, sort of made me think that, no, I don't. And as a child, I was uh, fighting so much with my brothers, my father, my mom, and my father was, um, uh, ex special forces guy, so he had a very military style of uh, training children, <laughs> mm. and I, we we actually received a lot of uh, corporate punishments, and like it's it's not a pretty story, but because of that, and genetically, I must say, like I said, my mom and my dad, both of them, and. It was already in me, but it was because people were pushing yeah. me away from don't be that way because you're a woman that I yeah. actually inside of me, why well, I, I became not to talk about it so much in Korea as I was getting older, because I realized that that only brings more criticism. Um, but inside of me that yeah. I, I already had my own, yeah, I, I, I had my own perspectives. I already have my own opinions yeah. and it's all thanks to my mom and my brothers and my dad and um, yeah. and also like my father. Uh, he was uh, because he's, he was a military guy. Uh, he was very uh, political as well. So he actually had me sat down next to him. He didn't realize how political it would make me, but. I remember as like four-year-old, five-year-old, then it's like, you know, 1985 in Korea, we had military coup d'etat. We had a lot of political uprising there. And I was watching it with my father explaining it to me, what happened in our country, what was so wrong, and, you know, and all of that. So it was already kind of like built in me, put in me without having them actually realize yeah. that was happening inside of me. And so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and then my brother's uh, already renting out so many Hollywood movies. And I was, because I was the only girl in, in certain hours a day, I was completely kept alone that my mom said, now you just have to yeah. be home. You cannot play with your brothers anymore. So I was like, okay. And there's nothing else to do. And I would just watch these movies. And I yeah. was like, there's a world out there that, yeah. you know, that I could be, you know, I could be wild, I could be tomboy, I could be, uh, I could have an opinion and I, I would say something. And then people were, some yeah. people were fighting for their voices. And so it, it was just kind of like um, puzzle pieces that was in the back of my head in a scattered and chaotic way. 
and then yeah once you 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 gotten older and I was able to travel more I was actually able to meet um people like me but in a different shapes and colors and forms and but I realized that yeah. I can actually get out there mm-hmm. and continue with what I actually really want to say and not be afraid and yeah. that yes I I could be criticized but for the opinion but not because I said something and so yeah that that's basically the mm. pillar there that the mindset yeah that's just kind of I have my story I know I can tell it yeah um and I don't need to yeah. be afraid and 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 that that's basically the end of it then you you're you got your wing then right so, yeah mm. yeah wow mm. uh, at what point did you decide to like leave Korea and um, like move to Europe and like in a way um, choose um, this different path for yourself? I think financially when I could, basically. So um, I was advancing well in my career path and that I could save a little bit on the side. But also when I matured enough that oh, I can stop drinking so much then I can save money. <laughs> actually my first attempt was a very rough attempt uh, I, I i met a guy when i was traveling australia and uh, and he was a french guy and and we we sort of like you know it's, it's a holiday relationship and then i went back to korea to sort of you know regroup myself okay where is my life going now? Because I, I realized that I cannot yeah. stay in Korea any longer. I, I started to feel really, yeah, I, I started you. to feel really suffocated. And I, I say that to some of friends and some of my Korean friends, like, that sounds so bad about Korea. I'm like, but that's really how I felt. I, Like I said, oftentimes yeah. I, I wouldn't make certain jokes anymore because my friends cannot take, my, my female friends take it anymore like you yeah. know you're a woman you shouldn't say that like it was just started to get yeah. really um yeah like starting to feel like it's a it's a coffin almost ish um yeah. so yeah well, as soon as I was financially mm. able to go and then I met this guy and you know he he said that we were like we were in love and he proposed that uh, he could actually move to Korea and I was like no <laughs> it was very uh, fortunate at the time I uh, that's when I was I, I I turned 30 in that year and Korea uh, made a diplomatic agreement with the Europe uh, Schengen area to have working holiday visa granted but it was only uh, uh, up to age of 30 so I was right at the deadline of the working holiday visa and so I, I, I applied right away and I just left. And <laughs> my family, they knew, they, they knew that, um, you know, yeah. like she's not going to get married or like she's not going to have children. Right. She's not going to stay in Korea for long and this is going to happen. And so there, there wasn't much of that holding me back from the family side. But yeah, some of my friends were like, this is it. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to go. And so that time I didn't have a lot of money saved up. Actually, I just thought that, oh, I'll, I'll just go to Paris and find a job teaching English and and then I'll get by. Like I've had, you know, I've had work before. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
So I spent two years in Paris and I did teach English and um, but I was mentally so unprepared and the the relationship of course became challenging because you know I, I didn't realize how much how important it is that you know I, I needed to inter- reintegrate myself with the language uh, the culture and yeah. I just mm-hmm. vaguely understood what France was and yeah beautiful language but how different it would be and and in a way a little bit arrogant that yeah. oh I can speak I learned English by watching movies as a child that I can learn French like nothing and I was just completely smashed down by that and um <laughs> so um but I, I I had amazing experience in in Paris and you know, one of my best friends is the the guy I met uh, living as a flatmate, and um, and then so I, I decided to go back to Korea for a little bit, and that I needed to sort of, you know, it it's really like when I say puzzle pieces, that's how my brain works. It, it, there were just yeah. so many learnings and messages that I learned in the two years. It was just so compact, yeah. so much that I went back to Korea. I wrote down the plan and it was actually Clemong, the, the, the best friend. He, he told me, go home, Mina, and you can plan this even better. Yeah. So when you come back, there will be even better wow. plans and you'll be much mm. better at this. And I'm like, okay. So I, yeah, so I went back yeah. to Korea, spent Let's three years it. saving money, uh, actually working even harder uh, uh, than before I, ever in my life. I, I woke up at five and... Uh, I also did like um, additional uh, translation work on the sides and I was literally awake working um, 15, 16 hours a day. And yeah, so that's sort of like, you know, working on weekends as well, um, all of that for three years. And then I saved in that three years also, like during vacation time, I visited Europe and visited different cities and just trying to figure out which city would be yeah, and, and yeah. that came all about. Um, and then I think it was 2016, I decided to go to Berlin because I had two, three uh, uh, friends living there already, cheap living costs, um, better uh, yeah. uh, visa process, a uh, little bit more equality and international uh, enough. So I made my first move. Um, yeah. And that first year, actually, I was learning German, but... I was really trying to let go of a lot of the, the boxes that were put on me and yeah. allowing yeah. myself to be, you know, uh, uh, take it easy with myself as well, like not drilling yourself so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Change takes time, like kimchi yeah, takes yeah. time to ferment yeah. to get that. Mm. Yeah, so it was a whole journey yeah. of moving away. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you look at from where you are uh, now with yourself, with your life, with the house of fermentation, uh, and you would take a look at where you want to be ten years from now, like what's what's your big vision? Where do you see yourself um, and your business move in in ten years? Yes, um, definitely uh, more fermentation uh, food items products will be launched, and that you know that this place is completely functioning as sustainability and educational hub that, you know, as I was saying, people will come, you know, bringing their food waste from their home and 
um, there will be gardeners. Uh, Amsterdam, is, it's amazing. There's so many uh, people already running community garden here and there. They're just all in the hidden pockets of it. And I'm already meeting these people who are running those. And, and you know, these people will just in and out very freely and sit down with the people and, you know, talk about, oh, we are in spring season now. What can you plant here? And, you know, all of that is just kind of taking place in this place, like a co-working space, but for, you know, permaculture experts and fermentation experts and people who talk about mm -hmm. making genuinely healthy non-industrial food and um yeah so in 10 years time i hope this is the hub and when talk when people talk about oh where can i get like really authentic korean food as, as in product not as a restaurant but like as a product like where, where can i go where can i learn something like this and they will be like oh house of fermentation go there like that like that yeah that's that's what i vision yeah with this Wow, I can already see you, Mina. <laughs> it's already there. Wow, Mina, I th it's so awesome hearing your story and talking, talking to you. And um, it uh, gives me energy. And also, uh, uh, I don't know about you, Matthijs, but I feel the power you have within you. And I think the vision you just uh, described definitely. is definitely going to be there. Um, so this will uh, get us to our final question. Um It's the following. Like, imagine you're at your final day of your life. Let's hope this will be a long way from now. It starts a little sad, though, but okay. But, um, uh, and you get the opportunity to leave one message to the world um, that everyone will hear. What would this message be? It's, it's a message that, you know, I have a few quotes that I remind myself um, when I feel down or when I'm in doubt with my business or, or my past or, um, but I think the one that's going to stick with me will be the one that I would probably, even in my nine days, I will share with people will be develop your mind to learn to learn things and, mm -hmm. and, and learn things from people who are actually adding, um, but not from billionaires or celebrities. Once again, back mm. to my family, but more, uh, um, you know, when I look at my grandma, my aunt, my mom, and all of these people, maybe they're not successful people, but they they carry, they, they leave that value of how to make the world better, even if it's to their mind, the world is their just yeah. home, maybe. It's just raising their own children to be good and healthy, you know, Um I think those messages are more yeah. important than how do I make money fast? Um, and that, that keeps me yeah. going and that helped me look at the right direction um, that is not aggressive, that is not, you know, over, overtaking things. It's just cert at certain point that I can, I can build certain things myself also gives you the independency of that. So I think, That's a very, very important message for me. And hopefully, yeah, someone out in the world will find the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Wow. Mm, beautiful. Mm. And I think it's very powerful to like, hear you like this and hear how you've created your own uh, path, your own uh, journey. And I think that's very much in what you just shared. Like, um, 
if you if you are driven by a purpose, uh, then it's perfectly fine to create your own path and learn from the people you meet on your path. Uh, and it it doesn't always have to be like at making money fast or things becoming very huge uh, and big. Like I think if a lot of people follow their own path and look at what they can do within their own environment, within their own um, journey, I think that's a, a beautiful way to be driven by a purpose. Um, like you've just shared with us. Um, so thank you very much for uh, taking the time to share your story with us. Um, it was uh, beautiful to uh, to hear it. And I think uh, for uh, the people listening, uh, thank there's you. a lot of value in it. So uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Mina. Yeah, it was thank awesome you so much. having you here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. Don't forget to give a thumbs up, to follow us and to tune in next week for a brand new episode.